Hey, survivalists, this is The Crux, and I'm your host, Casey McIntosh, and I'm joined with my friend, Anders Brosty, who has a really interesting and scary story of a bear attack. Yeah, I think that sums it up. Wouldn't yeah. wish it on anybody. No. How's it going today, Anders? Well, it's going really good. Winter's here, and hunting season's over, and just just waiting for a little more snow so we can go skiing. Yeah. But Do you get your snow tires on? I did. I put them on a while ago. You're uh, smart. Yeah. <laughs> we go down to the family cabin to go hunting, and um, pretty gnarly road, and then we did a little hunting trip and towing up very large camper it's good to have a little extra confidence with some studs and oh snow yeah tires, so for sure do you have somebody plowing the road out to your cabin no no i mean really once the snow comes down there you're you, you get out and then you stay out uh it's down on the smith river it's my um parents-in-law's cabin oh nice uh, and i'm fortunate enough to get to go play down there so so it's cool sweet. yeah that's really awesome but uh, i mean if nobody's ever been down there it's basically a you know a canyon that winds through the hills that are coming off the prairie just south of Great Falls and um, tucked between the big belts and little belts in Montana and uh, the canyon just drops you know from the from the mountain surface down about anywhere between a thousand and fifteen hundred feet and so the road down is pretty much just straight down a cliff winds <laughs> down a cliff my uh, uh, to date my mother-in-law has never driven it I do not blame her for a second I keep trying to get her she's just not gonna do it no she might actually uh she might actually drive drive the car off the cliff so yeah i mean we might just let that one lie yeah it's probably wise toby always has to my husband has to back everyone's car out of our driveway (laughs) if you ever come over to our house you'll see why there's it's it's terrible yeah but uh yeah no doing good and uh yeah casey asked me to come tell my story so i guess guess i can just dive into yeah, it yeah so you said just just set the stage for the day this was what was the date i'm sure you remember um, it november 11th 2018 so it was just over three years ago um i uh i actually was tr- introducing a, a friend of mine dan into hunting he had grown up in minnesota never really had an opportunity to go big game hunting moved to montana um very similar situation that I in that I was introduced to hunting and um so I was just like yeah let's go out hunting like this will be fun I mean that's what people did when I moved here I just remember so live up in the woods um the plan was hop on the ATV go up into this area that I'd harvested my deer from I'd seen lots of other activity uh walk around kind of poke around see if we can see anything but then get up in a a particular spot that um, kind of overlooked this recently logged area, you know, last five or so years, uh, and just kind of sit and wait. And uh, so we poked, we we got on the ATV and, you know, uh, dumb and dumber style. Luckily, nobody <laughs> nobody had to pee on anybody. And we, we drove up there, parked, and kind of wandered around. And uh, we had kind of, we'd done the wandering around we wanted to, and we were kind of making our way to a specific point and we kind of split up, um, you know, cover a little more ground, see some more things. And uh, Dan went off and I went off and I started following some tracks. I still had an elk tag, so I was kind of like, oh, well, maybe, you know, there is a herd of elk. Usually they're over on the golf course, so I don't have high hopes, um, but followed some pretty big tracks and they kind of they kind of made a 90 degree turn at one point and I was just kind of like, yeah, whatever, like, oh, this, I see where I need to go. So I was just kind of like, not so much head down, but like, okay, I'm gonna go and just get there because Dan's probably making his way and uh, uh, 
kind of moving over downfall, snow covered downfall. It just snowed, I don't know, like five or six inches the night before. Uh-huh. So just a beautiful morning. Um, sun was up. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of like beelining it to this specific clearing that I could kind of see the, the top of. And then all of a sudden out of my kind of my right periphery, uh, I see a grizzly bear running at me. And uh, in in what I would assume was a fraction of a second, um, it was it was on me. And in that time, that fraction of a second, I, I did have a rifle with me. Um, I was I wouldn't say I was very well prepared. It was kind of a let's go out, we'll hunt for a couple hours, and then I'm going to go back and um, go skiing with my wife up on the mountain. And uh, needless to say, the skiing part didn't happen. But uh, yeah, that, that <laughs> bear ran at me. I swung my rifle out kind of in my own mind in slow motion. It was like, well, you're not getting your glove finger in the trigger guard, and you're not getting the safety off. Like, Not enough time. This is just going to happen, so shove the gun between you and the bear. You know, it's just a stick at that mm-hmm. point. And uh I did that and it kind of knocked me over. I don't know. I don't know. I was backpedaling to fight or flight and it was kind of a backwards pedal over down snow covered trees. And uh, next thing the bear's on top of me and I threw up my right hand. Primarily remember throwing up my right hand mostly because it bit it. Um, Shook it around and then I'm kind of like moving myself around and kind of pushing, screaming for my buddy Dan. And uh, then it bit my lower left leg kind of picked me up, kind of pulled me around, tossed me, uh, then grabbed the toe box of my left boot, started pulling on me, kind of yanking motions. And uh, You're like on your back at I'm this point. I'm on my back. Um, I'm grabbing on the trees. It was kind of downhill, uh, but it was definitely kind of pulling me. And so I was, it was just kind of like, you know, that fight or flight. I was just like, well, I'm not going to let you pull me. I, I did at one point feel my knee go, my leg get extended a little further, and I was like, yeah, that's not going to be good. Uh, and then it uh, it just dropped my foot and ran off. And I, I remember this big, brown, fuzzy butt just lumbering off to my left into the woods. And during this whole time, I'm screaming for Dan. Like, I'm just like, he's, he's the only one who's – like, I – like I am now down and out. I don't know how this is going to play. You know, there was definitely a moment when it first, when he first hit me where I was like, Oh, uh, no, this, this could be it. This could be it. This could definitely be it. Did you, did you feel fear in the moment or were you just really calculating what might happen next and what you could do to, I mean, it was so quick. So fast. I mean, like, you know, this bear covered, I think what they figured was, 30 or 15 or 30 yards I forget the exact number like he the bear was actually bedded down sleeping um fish wildlife and parks in Montana actually has a human incidents response team uh-huh. to animal uh encounters it's basically like NCIS but for animals <laughs> for FWP it's actually pretty cool uh the, what they found out about that area in terms of the bears moving through the different kinds of bears it's pretty fascinating over the next That's couple of days so cool. that I was told about. Um, but this bear, he'd been in the area for a while, um, and uh, he was literally just sleeping under a tree. And uh, I, I literally just woke him up, and he was kind of pissed off. <laughs> yeah, well, um, thankfully but, he didn't eat you for lunch. Yeah, luckily not that pissed <laughs> off to where he, uh, yeah, like, he dropped my foot and ran off. Um, so, yeah, I, he runs off. I keep I keep yelling for Dan. Uh, Dan eventually gets over, and I'm like, ah, I got Attacked by a bear. I mean, technically, it's my word against. Were you it. up walking around? Oh no, no, oh, I was okay. still on my back. You were just I mean, lying there. Okay. Um, Dan gets there. I tell him to grab my rifle. He had a rifle, but you know, he fired off a couple shots, um, just like 
kind of like of like shoot shoot one there shoot one there I don't <laughs> care just shoot so but like just and then just stand there and uh you know it was kind of like you take a couple seconds you know probably felt like an attorney and you're like okay like holy shit uh sorry and um kind of did a self-assessment I'd, I'd done a lot of first aid training when I was younger to be a lifeguard and for various things that I'd done uh definitely bleeding but nothing that I could tell like yeah I wasn't just pumping blood out yeah. of anywhere um my gloves were still on um thank god for your gloves right actually you know thank goodness for my boot uh well thank goodness the bear bit me where it did um he bit me right between my big toe and my first toe on my left foot and uh I had a pretty good solid pair of uh La Sportiva mountaineering boots on uh -huh. and I actually still have the boot and you can see on my insole where the teeth crossed so he he the oh bear did full compression on this boot and and nicked in between my toes oh um, my gosh it's which probably was chewy he might have liked the texture kind of a, yeah <laughs> i don't know but, or didn't like the taste i mean I, I, like that was the final bite and he uh, spit me out and ran away so uh Maybe, maybe, maybe that was good. Maybe um, you didn't like your stinky test. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, but I was pretty thankful about where it was because I can only imagine, like, it had it been, you know, a centimeter or an inch up, it would have just crushed my foot. <sighs> so, yeah, anyway, so FWP incident response team kind of takes a look at this, and they kind of figure all this went down in about 20 to 30 seconds. Wow. Um, so pretty quick, and, uh, you know, we kind of retrieved stuff. I had a jacket in my backpack, some coffee, pretty poorly um prepared to be out in the woods quite frankly uh you know and i i'll, I'll sit here and admit that i'm also an eagle scout so uh, you know be prepared uh and, and it was totally just uh, some backyard complacency um i i i at this point spent close to see, 10 years in montana uh you know biking hiking skiing fishing camping just being outdoors and i'd gotten really comfortable with my surroundings um anyway so yeah the bear ran off that was great dan came we kind of checked things out called my wife uh she's an er nurse so you know we had to call her and she's like all right well what are you guys gonna do and i was like well i i, I mean i think i'm okay like i'm you know i i know my hands kind of limping like my arm my hands detached from my arm but like still there it was uh, uh dislocated and then my foot I, I knew my foot and knee were probably at least my foot was pretty banged up um there was some bleeding, but not massive. Uh, although my wife says I was actually bleeding, bleeding pretty well, but I, you know, not going to bleed out. And uh, so she calls, and we're like, "Oh, we're going to walk out." So Dan and I, I sling up my arm with a, a river strap, one of the few things I had in my backpack. You know, throw an extra jacket on, and uh, get up. He gets me up, and you know, of course, we're like, we're just in the woods, so there's just tons of obstacles that we're going to need to get over snow covered slick trees and i take about three steps and my my left leg literally from the knee down just goes out 90 degrees and i collapse oh my and gosh so at that point it was like all right we're not we're not walking out of here how like, far were you to get to your four-wheeler um uh 500 to a thousand yards okay not, not super far not but too far, far if you can't walk yeah, and you know, I think uh, I think if if I had to, we could have gotten out, but it would have been a it would have been a very painful and arduous journey to travel. Yeah. That it was probably a little bit further, but you know, like the road was pretty close. I could have gotten to the road. Dan could have gotten the ATV. Yeah, yeah. So we fall down. We call my wife back. She's like, "Okay, well, 
uh, what do you want me to do? I, she's like, just call 911. We're like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, oh, yeah, you had we'll 9-1-1. Uh, yeah, you know, so you're like, uh, <laughs> uh, up until this moment, I'd, I'd, I'd turned down in my life a couple ambulance rides. So, you know, like, I, I think my general stance on things is like, you know, maybe you, you, got, yourself, you got yourself into this, get yourself out. But <sighs> eh, this one isn't going to work out. So super fortunate that we had cell phone service, you know, whether it was contacting my wife or um, then contacting 911, um, They were able to triangulate my location um, and they said, sit tight so we sat tight you know a big sigh of relief but you know we're still in the woods just kind of like the bears somewhere yeah hey, as far as we knew somewhere around so dan's kind of standing guard and um we're sitting there and and i like i definitely started going into shock you know i think i think the initial adrenaline wore off and i was definitely you know, dan would tap me on the shoulder every once in a while like i was kind of just getting cold i was getting super cold you know even yeah. with the jacket on like but then the alert helicopter, which is the uh, local uh, hospital's uh, emergency transfer ve- uh, helicopter, vehicle. It's a vehicle. Helicopter. It's a vehicle. Uh, <laughs> I try to use more words than just helicopter. And uh, so it showed up and like, I, it was about 45 minutes later and I just like seeing that red helicopter, it was just like, all right, everything's going to be fine. And, uh, you know, later on, somebody had snapped a photo of me and I'm smiling in the helicopter. And people are like, why are you smiling? Feel like oh, that's a sorry good about the pump. I was like, uh, because at that point I knew everything was going to be fine. Like I was alive. I was going to get out. Um, I felt like, I mean, I had no idea the extent of my injuries, but I was like, you know, like they'll put me back together. My life may never be the same, but that's fine. You know, like I'm alive. Everything's fine. Yeah. So I was, I was smiling. And so they showed up and uh, the, the uh, pilot and the, the nurse or the paramedic came up had a gun like it just like as more people showed up you just kind of like breathe a little more freely yeah so he shows up they start taking care of me they pretty quickly realize like they are not getting me out of there like the 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 terrain is far too challenging to try to transport me with a litter uh, at least with two people so they called our uh friendly local free uh rescue service two bear air um and uh, I got two helicopter rides in one day. So uh, yeah. two bear shows up a little bit later in that time. Uh, search and rescue shows up. Uh, the sheriff's department shows up. My wife shows up because she knew the sheriff because <sighs> she works in the hospital. And I, it might have been somebody else, but I'm pretty sure it was somebody with the sheriff. So she actually gets a ride up past the gate. They cut the lock. They get up there. Everybody's up there. Wife's helping me out, you know, keeping me calm. Like people are wrapping me up. And uh, You're like, I'm a really big deal. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> like guys with i'm not I'm, I'm not against guns i have a, i'm a hunter but I, I didn't grow up with guns and mm-hmm. i was just like dudes with guns dudes with guns bigger <laughs> guns like i was really excited about all these guys with really big guns oh and i was gosh. like and they just kind of like they literally set up a perimeter because they didn't know you know yeah. nobody knew if that bear was going to come back so that was pretty yeah you know, i kind of remember that you know I, I don't think i was actually like going dudes with guns i was like, yeah you know, but part oh. of your brain was saying that i was like yeah this is great yeah. i love guns more guns more guns <laughs> and um so they get me all packaged up and i take a hoist up to two bear those you know I went from them throwing warm blankets on me to taking it all off, getting hoisted up into a, you know, stripped down tin can, uh, a very fancy stripped down tin can, my yeah. you. you know, crawled in, like actually got myself on the seat by myself. Um, I'm stubborn in terms of trying to do everything I can to not uh, burden somebody else. And then, you know, they transport me, set me down about 200 yards from the alert helicopter take me over in a little six by six and then I get to fly to the 
fly to the hospital. Uh, my wife actually got a ride too. That was kind of cool. Oh, that's they, awesome. they had an extra seat. So we both, we both flew and, um, yeah, I, I got to the hospital. Uh, I underwent, uh, I think three surgeries in a week. Um, I tore my ACL, MCL, and meniscus in my knee, in my left knee, my right foot. And I'm, I'm sure medically speaking, I apologize, Dr. Bergman and all the other doctors that put me together for butchering <laughs> this. Uh, but my left foot really wasn't held on by a whole lot, um, except for soft tissue. And so my, wow. my fibula was broken. My, you know, the, the ligaments and tendons and muscle was just all mushed up after being crushed by the bear's mouth on my ankle. And then my, my right arm, I, I'm forgetting the bones. Um, radius and ulna. I think it was my radius was broken, my thumb was broken, and my hand was dislocated. And then I had a fair amount of just like soft tissue damage and nerve damage. And so, yeah, over the course of a week, I had three surgeries and then two, one more surgery to get some hardware out. Two more surgeries? I don't know. I kind of lost track. I had a bunch of surgeries over the course of about six months. Um, and a lot of PT and a lot of good folks who put me back together. I mean, I wouldn't be doing everything I'm doing now if it wasn't for for them, the yeah. nurses and the doctors. So especially the nurses taking care of me in the middle of the night. <laughs> Apparently, I have a really large bladder. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. They're like, yeah, you're going to need another jug. They're like, really? I'm like... Yeah, they're like, wow, you have a huge bladder. That's that's I'm good like, when you're out hunting and whatnot. You can hold good, it for a long bad. time, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until you end up in the hospital and then you feel bad because you yeah. can't, you know. I'm sorry, you can't you take have to care deal of it. Yeah, that. you're like, uh, <laughs> you know, balancing on one foot and the opposite arm, like walking around. Um, but yeah, I mean, incredibly fortunate and uh, thankful for really how the day turned out. Well, so. okay, so first of all, I totally saw that alert helicopter when it came to pick you up. I was playing in the backyard with the kids. There was snow in the backyard. We were making snowmen. Mm -hmm. I saw the helicopter go overhead, like, in that direction and thought, huh, that's, huh, there's something that feels weird about that, but I don't know what it is. And then I found out later that it was going out there for you. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, kind of ironic a little bit. Yeah, I've actually had a couple people say they're like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." Like, you know, small yeah. small community in the area, and people remember. Like, I've talked to neighbors, um, and they've been like, "Oh yeah, I remember <laughs> seeing that thing fly over and hearing it." Yeah, I'm like, like, "Yeah, it's right up there." You have to wonder. I mean, every time you see it, I always <clears> think like, "What what are they going after right now?" You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, you know, super fortunate and thankful for both Alert and Two Bear, especially Two Bear for plucking me out. That's really awesome. Yeah. How was is, how is your like your function with all of your joints a couple years after the fact? Like everything functions most mostly normally, would you say? Um, I mean, I do everything I want to do. Like, yeah. I wouldn't say I'm pushing the limits, but uh, that might just be because I'm getting old and I have to accept that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's I'm not as well put together as I used to be. I mean, yeah. there there have been there are times where you know my knee has actually surprisingly been pretty rock solid. So thank you, Doctor Ward. Yes. And, um, my, you know, my, my arm has been pretty good. Um, actually my hand function took the longest to come back cause I had uh -huh. a lot of nerve damage. Uh, interestingly enough, your hand is split into two and I think it's your ring finger. There's a nerve on the right, half of your ring finger is controlled by one nerve and the other half is the other. So I still have a slight sensational difference on mm -hmm. either side. Um, but I had to relearn to basically like 
do the okay sign like that that was probably the hardest thing I had to learn you know versus <laughs> like learning to rewalk again and doing a bunch of weird exercises that help you walk again so um yeah I mean like I'm I'm not that I, I like I said at the beginning I wouldn't wish it upon anybody and I would trade it in a heartbeat uh, to get my fully functioning body back, but uh, I don't have a whole lot to complain about. So yeah, how does <coughs> how has this experience changed your outlook about going out and doing things? Are you more prepared? Do you think? I'm definitely more prepared. Um, I uh, I carry uh, my wife says my pack. My wife and father-in-law like to give me a hard time about <laughs> the size of my hunting pack now and how heavy it is. Um, I. You know, I, I figure it just makes me stronger, but I, I got a lot of stuff totally. in there, you know. And I, I think that was actually kind of one of my bigger takeaways from all of this uh, is, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter what you have on you. There are situations where there's nothing you're going to do to mm -hmm. change it. Yeah. The only thing you can do is give yourself the ability to get help. And yeah. so I'm not sponsored. I'm not a spokesman for said equipment, but like emergency locator beacons, like yeah, I have one. I, yeah. I, I got one for in exchange for my ski pass that year because I didn't get the ski. Um, but like, I hope I never have to use it. I've, I've sent some messages from it uh, uh -huh. just to, you know, kind of like, oh, cool. I pay for this every year. I might yeah. as well use it. Like that one message. Oh, yeah. We don't get text messages at the cabin. Uh, this is useless. But uh, yeah, give yourself the ability to get help because you just you never know. And, you know, I, I've had people say, you know, like, oh, that's why I carry it pistol or whatever and it's like it just doesn't matter right and it's like yeah that's that's fine if you have time and you have the skills and training and and the same goes for bear spray and I, i'm yeah. a proponent of that too like i mean you know now i carry when i go hunting part of my heavy pack is bear spray on the front and i have a pistol on the side and yeah. it's, for me it's just like order of operation i don't ever want to have to shoot something and kill it unnecessarily yeah. but yep. like you know even with bear spray like you read the canister and it says be upwind from the bear, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you, like, like sure. there's limitations to what you totally. can do, you know, it can only shoot so far, you get one shot at it, you know, if the wind's wrong, there it goes. Yeah. Pistol, like, are you a proficient shooter? A friend of mine, ex-military, I asked him one time, I was like, and, and this was actually before this, I was like, so how many rounds do I have to put through this to be proficient? He said something like five to 10,000, and I'm just like, I don't know, I could spend that kind of money to get proficient at a and gun. And time, yeah, and it's time. a lot of time. And so, um, yeah, give yourself the ability to get help. You know, I carry a first aid kit. I carry emergency locator beacon. Uh, I carry a bunch of other stuff that helps me deal with different situations, maybe not necessarily life-threatening. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll also admit, I don't always do that. Like, when I go biking, I'm not carrying a 60-pound pack. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I still go biking uh, in the same areas, actually. Um, so, yeah, um, definitely changed i'm a little more critical about thinking about what i'm doing and where i'm going mm -hmm. but you know one could argue i still fall into that backyard complacency at time but it's really hard not to but i will say that after you told me about this story i definitely carry bear spray when i walk my dog which yeah i mean again you come into a situation where you don't have time to do anything and you just don't have time you just don't have time i mean it's you know you you can sit there and fret about it and you can plan all you want for it but like there are just situations that will that can be out of your control but that uh, i don't mean to say that in a uh, to scare anybody kind of way it's just more like taking a realistic approach to making a decision to go out into the woods i mean yeah. if i told everybody right now that you know like you know what 
I'm moving to Iowa. I'm going to live in a cornfield with a <laughs> great view in all directions. And, you know, I, I, I think people might be disappointed, friends, you know, family members. But I think they'd be like, okay, yeah, no, get it, dude. No problem. Yeah, yeah. That, no like, bears. You have a free pass to do that. <laughs> right. I guess aside from bears and other things that could eat you in the wilderness, there are so many things that can happen that are unexpected out there. But it's the same thing with getting in your car and going to work. You know I, what I mean? Like, I say that every time to people. I mean, yeah. like, none of us ever blink an eye at getting in our car. And Never. statistically, it's the most dangerous thing to do in the world. Yep. I mean, like, it just is. Like, people die every day in cars. You know, a handful of people get attacked by bears a year, and rare, on a rare occasion, one or two get killed. But you're talking about super small numbers um, of folks that have that happen to them. You know, it's obviously unfortunate, and some every situation is different. I've actually, it's funny, it's a small little community, and you end up talking to people, you know, because I think to a lot of, to a certain extent, you know, most people, you know, when something like this happens to you, nobody, people don't really. You, you can't, people can't relate. Yeah. You know, and I, yeah. I've actually, I've had a lot of people, I've had a few people reach out to me. You know, the first guy was like, hey, just, you know, careful what you put on social media. Like, people are jerks out there. It's true. They're like, yeah, you deserved it. You were hunting. It's like, all right. Thanks, cool. <laughs> um, would you oh, say the thanks. same thing about somebody, you know, about the lady who had, was yeah, biking down in Ovando and just got woken up in the middle of the night? And, you know, yeah. every situation is different. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, but I think I, I started thinking more about the survival side of things and just with this podcast, because I'll sit here in a minute, like, I don't I don't wouldn't really call it survival. But it was, like, truly. Yeah, I, I think I think of it more now as, like, kind of a mental survival. Sure. Um, you know, and, it, and it's something that I actually, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I don't struggle with it, but I do struggle with it. Uh, like, even last night in the backyard, fenced-in backyard, like I have a limited amount of time that I will sit in the dark by myself, in even with a fire, with the lights behind me on before <laughs> my brain goes, let's go for a ride. And, uh, yeah. And then I get inside. Um, actually a couple weekends ago I was out hunting and ended up in a, uh, in a situation, not a bad situation, but like out in the dark and my, my plan out wasn't quite what I expected it to be. Um, I had a headlamp. I turned on the music in my iPod. And I walked out, you know, like that was, that was my mental survival in terms of getting out of that situation. Yeah. Uh, and so, but being prepared with, you know, extra batteries in your headlamp and stuff like that. But like, man, man, the mental gymnastics I went through in that 30 minute walk out in the pitch black dark, knowing that, you know, Ovando where a gal got killed by a bear this past summer and not to mention the countless, you know, wolf and mountain lion tracks, which, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, they don't keep me up at night, but like, oh, they're still out there. I at mean, night? I'm still kind of a soft bag mm-hmm. of meat when it comes down <laughs> to it, you know? Um, but yeah, like there's, there's a bit more of a mental survival, you know, even going out around here, I haven't been back up to, to where I got attacked. I've been wow. pretty close. Yeah. Well, I'm working my way up you to know it. I, I think it's kind you of a should. weird thing I need to do. It is. No, I mean, every story that Tessa and I have covered, the people always go back to the site of their near death experience or traumatic experience because it, they get some closure from that. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I, I, some part of me wants to do it on my own, and I, I, I think I just need to come to terms that like I need to go up with, may, maybe go up with Dan if I can convince him. I'm, I'm yeah. slowly trying to convince him to go back up there hunting with me. I don't really want to go by myself, but I think there's a lot of potential up there. Um, but yeah, no, it's yeah, so it, a little more mental. Yeah, it, it definitely gets to you. I mean, I, I still go biking, I still go hiking and skiing and fishing, and I, I love Montana. Like, yeah. 
I was telling Casey earlier, you know, just kind of the story about how I got in the posi- position I'm in with the, being a part owner in a bike company. And um, some of that was luck. And then, but a lot of what, you know, kind of led me back here and let things happen was like, I just wanted to be in Montana. I'd, I'd spent a lot of, you know, I came to Montana, I left Montana. I came back to Montana, I left Montana. I came back to Montana, and I was just like, all right, I'm not leaving Montana. Like, I just, you know, I've, I've taken a look around, and there's a lot of cool places, but, like. Okay, don't sell it too hard. Uh, yeah, right, okay, yeah. It's, it it's gray Stay where you are. and cloudy most <laughs> yeah, of the fall and winter. Um, it's horrible. You don't, yeah, you don't like don't it. Um, but I But I do love it, so. Uh, but I love it for what it is. I love it for the ruggedness, the rawness, you know. I've had people say, like, oh, I could never go out there with that bear running around. I'm like, yeah, but, like. There's bears in every state. There's bears in every state. But, you know, there, there's definitely a debate about grizzly bears going on right now. Um, and my opinion is leave it up to the scientists, you know. Yeah. That's that's why they do what they do. They spent sure. a lifetime learning about this stuff. And tracking the bears. And, and, yeah. and they know best. And when they say whatever, that's their choice. So, yep. um but to me, the bear, the grizzly bear, is is the symbol of what makes Montana wild. Yeah. Like, we use it in this state all over the place. Like, you know, it's the mascot for schools. It's, ma- you know, emblems on, you know, businesses. Like, it, it is what makes Montana wild. And, like, and so my, my thought is, is, like, yeah, I mean, that's why I love Montana. It's wild. Without the bears, you'd just have Central Park. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think I think they kind of embody the wildness of Montana. Uh-huh. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. But it's a mental hurdle. I'll, I'll just sit there and tell you that. You know, and that, you know, <laughs> yeah. my mom, my mom's never been attacked by a bear, but, you know, she's not really into <laughs> grizzly bears. And, you know, like I said, I wouldn't wish it upon anybody. I mean, if you're into it, that's kind of weird, but like, that's cool. <laughs> I, I've climbed in a live trap since and done a workup with a bear, and uh, I actually have a photo of the bear that chewed on you me. You do? Yeah. Um, one of my friends uh, works for the the grizzly bear, well, the bear division in the valley, and uh, her and another friend years ago, like I think it was about four or five years before I surprised Chubb is his name Chubb yeah Chubb the bear because <laughs> uh, he was he was first captured on Chubb Lane he was he was they did a work up on him released him um you know not a problem bear uh as far as I know and uh yeah so when the human incident response team with FWP does their thing like one of the things they're doing is trying to collect um, DNA samples from the bear mm-hmm. they say you know like they're like yeah we send it off to a lab somewhere in Canada and they they run a DNA analysis and then they cross-reference it in their system and like on clockwork six months later I get this text of this picture of a bear with my two friends and they're like this is Chubb this is the bear that chewed on you I'm like what and so like yeah I have this bear I have this picture of this bear and you know it's not it's not one of those where I'm like oh that's the bear it's like hey it's it's a big grizzly bear I don't know yeah but it's not like you're plotting revenge against no him. no <laughs> you know every once in a while I'm like oh maybe that's how I go out just me and Chubb I'm like all right yeah. Chubb calling you out but I'm hoping to outlast him based on what I know about the average grizzly bear life but uh but it, it doesn't bother me that he's out there. Yeah. There's a lot of other bears out there. I was actually hiking on Big Mountain this uh, summer with my son. We were we took the chair chairlift up and we were walking down the Danny On Trail and he he was picking huckleberries and we were huckleberry picking and like also racing the daylight clock because it was end of season. I'm like, all right, all right, we gotta go, we gotta go. And so I like throw them on my shoulders. 
we're going along. I got bear spray. I got, you know, I got everything I need to feel comfortable in the situation. And we kind of come around this corner and I see this like dark figure in the bush. I'm like, well, this is totally a bear. Yeah. But I'm like, man, it looks kind of small and super dark. I was like, hey, bear. Just no response to me. Like, oh I'm yelling gosh. at it. It just was like, I'm eating. Leave me alone. It's like so, you're just another tourist. I Totally just another <laughs> tourist. Like, that bear had wanted nothing to do with me. And so I was like, oh, kind of like figuring out the situation. Do I go back up the trail, go down the service road, which would suck and add a bunch of time because it's already getting late? Or do I just, like, take a wide berth around this bear? Uh-huh. I'm like, it, it seems to be not at all interested in me uh-huh. like I kind of have this good path I'm gonna take I start taking a couple steps that thing turns and looks at me I'm like you're not a black bear and I'm not <gasps> going this way no so it, it gave a good oh look at gosh. me and like we got back up on the trail I had my bear spray out and we we, <laughs> we boogied up the trail uh we kind of laugh about it now <sighs> um and then ran into some folks and they were pretty stoked that uh, we told them and a few other folks we ran into hiking up headphones on I'm like yeah there's a grizzly uh-huh. bear up there just off the trail they're like okay I'm like eat you for dinner i'm like okay like just you take the responsibility of taking that information (laughs) and proceeding ahead completely oblivious in my opinion to the the world around you wow and and like i said i wouldn't wish it upon anybody so you know be careful out there folks they're there they have a right to be there they're just wild critters um you know a friend of mine said um you know like i couldn't i I said this earlier but i I couldn't live there uh, or i couldn't live with knowing that bear was out there and i i said well you know, and I've, I've used this analogy to other folks. It's like, well, how about this? If I walked into your bedroom in the middle of the night, what would you do? Well, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd shoot you and kill you. Like, <laughs> well, that's what so the bear was the doing. So is the bear's response incorrect? They're like, no. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, it just, like, it was minding its own business. I just, it was the wrong place at the wrong time. So I, I have no ill will towards that bear. And yeah, bears. Yeah. They're bears. pretty cool. But yeah, climbed in a live trap, worked up a mama. Man, I saw when that before they tranquilized that bear. When that bear, I mean, I I got shaken around like a rag doll, and I felt pretty strong that summer. But when that mama I saw getting worked up before they tranquilized it, it hit the front of the cage and it moved a three quarter ton truck like it was nothing. What? Oh yeah. Oh my god. There's gosh. a lot of power in those things. Oh yeah. But that's pretty cool. Do so. you think that that experience has changed anything else in the way that you look at your life, or not so much? Oh, I don't know. No, not really. I mean, I, 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 I strangely have kind of this, like, passion for bears. Uh-huh. I've read a fair number of books on them. Since um, the accident or since, since the, the incident. Since the incident. Yeah. I, I, I before that, um, my middle name means little bear. Um, oh. Kind of oddly. You know, a little <laughs> twist. It's Bjarna. Um, but, yeah, just kind of a weird little twist in, in the story. Um, but I'm not, like, superstitious or anything. But, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think bears are pretty cool. Yeah. So. That's awesome. So tell me about your bike company or the company that you're part owner in just for our listeners who need to buy mountain bikes. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. And once we get them back in stock, uh, I'm a part owner in Esker Cycles. We're located in uh, northwest Montana in Columbia Falls. Um, we're there's about six of there's six of us and we're just passionate riders and like to get people out on bikes. That's kind of that's kind of our marketing shtick is like, let's take you for a ride. What is your website? Uh, EskerCycles.com. Okay. Well, um, everybody, you should go and check it out because it's got some pretty sweet bikes. I don't have one yet, but maybe someday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'd love to. We'll, we'd love to get you out on one. We'll make sure it's the right bike for you, and then, then we can talk about buying or selling. So. Okay. Sounds cool. All right, you guys. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks, Anders, for being my guest today. That was my, fun. My pleasure. It was kind of fun. I like. <laughs> I, I, you know, people people ask me all the time, like, oh, how do you deal with it? I'm like, I don't. I don't mind talking about it. I remember it all. 
Like it's not, I've, I've literally never had a nightmare about it. Well, that's a, definitely it'll, it'll a scare blessing. me inside <laughs> from the campfire <laughs> outside in my backyard. But, uh, uh, no, I've never had a nightmare about it. Like I've had lion nightmares, but not bears. Yeah. I wonder also, do you think it was not to go back into it, but the fact that it happened so quickly and the fact that you didn't really have time to respond, do you think that was a blessing in some ways? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it would have been like, it would have been mentally more challenging had you seen it. Now, now don't get me wrong. Like when I see a bear out in the wild, like I'm like, I'm Janie on the spot oh, with yeah. my bear spray. Sure. Uh, my friends were thoroughly impressed with how quickly I got my <laughs> bear spray out that spring when we were out biking. We saw a big old black bear and he was, he was, he wasn't at all concerned with us. Not aggressive, but I was like, bear spray. I got it. They're like, huh? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Like they're like, yeah, it exists. So like, I'm not your snack. I got a, I got a level of respect for big critters. Yes. Cows make me nervous too. <laughs> Cows and horses. They make me nervous too. They're big huge. animals, man. You oh, get that yeah. close to a big animal when it's moving, and you're like, you could crush me. There's a lot of power here. I don't really want to mess with. Again, sack of sack of flesh and bones. Not yeah. a whole lot else. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> so, but yeah, my pleasure. It's 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 fun to tell the story, and um, you know, it's not. I don't know. It's I, I don't mind telling my story. Awesome. Well, so. thank you so much for telling your story. That was really cool. My pleasure. Stay safe out there. Yeah. Have a good week, you guys. Stay alive.